When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A terrific Tuesday edition of You Better, You Better Rolls on Nick Costos, Ken Barkley. Great to be here with you on the BetQL Network. Awesome first two hours of the show and a great two hours still to come. In the first two hours of the show, eight buckets win total analysis for the New Orleans Saints and the Las Vegas Raiders. Some interesting stuff there, including on the Raiders coaching staff, if and when Josh McDaniels gets fired. And I do think the New Orleans Saints, of every team we've talked about, 27 of them now in the NFL this season for eight buckets, I think the Saints are the most interesting one in terms of what the win total is, what the schedule looks like, and the coach-quarterback combination. The Saints, a very interesting team heading into this season. A little on NBA win totals as well in the first two hours of the show. Ken giving you his take on the San Antonio Spurs. Me giving you my take on the Los Angeles Lakers. A lot more NBA content to come. Coming up with our guest who will join us in just a moment. But also want to tell our live audience, James Mazzola coming up 20 minutes from now. Pro golf better bets and thoughts for the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. 40 minutes from now, Anthony DeBundo will join us, giving us his bets for the Women's World Cup. Can the Americans make it three straight uh, as things get started in a couple days here in Australia and New Zealand? Women's World Cup bets coming up 40 minutes from now. Power Hour, Final Hour, featuring all our bets for tonight in Major League Baseball and more. Joining us right now, when we talk real ones, actually, it's kind of an insult to use the term real ones because I actually think there might only be one real one. And then he's the real the one. Real and he's then the but they're real being like one. real yeah. he's neo yeah I, yeah sure okay yeah and then, so. and then the others are like real twos yeah this is where it goes events. off the rails a little bit that's okay yeah. he's great yeah he's he's a real one uh last night our friend matt moore from the locked on nba podcast and the action network on twitter at hp basketball the absolute best in the business tweets from his twitter account at hp basketball a picture of himself wearing the eight buckets bucket hat because loves you better you bet and we absolutely love him. And Matt joins us right now to talk some NBA with Summer League now in the rearview mirror. And he's wearing the eight buckets bucket hat because he's absolutely the best. Matt, we love you, man. Welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, terrific Tuesday. You better, you bet. How's it going? Thanks, guys. Glad to be on. Glad to be wearing a bucket hat. For the, I think this is maybe the first time in my life I've worn a bucket hat, so I'm pretty excited for this. Uh, but yeah, love the, love the uh, format you guys came up with for that. I've really loved it. It's uh, helped me in my betting process and thinking through it, so I definitely wanted to support the show, and so here we are. Well, thank you, obviously. We did some eight buckets already, obviously, earlier in the show. Going to do a lot more eight buckets. Part of the reason for that, Matt, as you were saying, you're, you're dying for football content. Part of that's because a lot of sports that were going on this summer are, are ending. Wimbledon ended on, on Sunday, and the Summer League ended last night that was kind of our first chance to see Victor Wembanyama some of the other you know top five top ten draft picks maybe see some guys on teams who could make an impact 
that we that we weren't expecting just to start learning some things about what we can expect from teams this season something maybe a, a two things maybe that you saw in summer league could be Wembenyama but doesn't have to be um, players who you think could make an immediate impact on their teams something you saw from summer league that you thought really could matter when we get to the regular season so I think I'm, I've upgraded the Rockets considerably. The win total is still too high, 31 and a half. That's way too optimistic for a team that was really bad last season and didn't add guys that are going to impact my power rating that much. But I will say that I did take a flyer on Amon Thompson uh, for rookie of the year at 40 to one. Uh, I he was the one guy that impressed me most. I think that Scoot Henderson was absolutely worth all the hype and the talk about it. Dude's an absolute tank. But I do think that Amon Thompson is one, does the kind of things that are going to make the Rockets better. Uh, and two, was a very complete player in what he was able to show on both sides of the ball. And so that to me was really impressive. You had Jabari Smith, who obviously, like just the fact that he wanted to be there and didn't just be like, yeah, I'm done or I don't want to do this. I'm too good for this. I'm a former number three pick. Like Jabari going in and absolutely torching things and working on his game and wanting to build chemistry, that matters. And so I'm a lot higher, I think, on the Rockets than I was coming in. Um, the other one I think that I would, I would kind of talk about is, um, you know, I would talk about Scoot Henderson and just how the dude's a tank. Like he's just in person, he looks so physically imposing for a guard. Like it's just going to be very difficult even for seasoned veterans to deal with what he's bringing to the table. Um, and then OKC is the other one that, it wasn't necessarily that Chet Holmgren looks like this megastar. I think you have some of the same concerns, or I have the same kind of concerns for him as I do for Wemin Yama in terms of what his game is going to look like. But you got Uzman Jang who played great. You got Kaysen Wallace who played great. You've got so many guys on that team. Their young depth is so good, and a lot of it was on display. Uh, OKC is a team that I, up, I upticked in my power rating uh, and win total projections after watching Summer League. And it was it, like Jabari Smith got to the line like a billion times per game. Obviously, that was not the case in his rookie season for the uh, for the for the Houston Rockets. Just uh, to put a bow on the Oklahoma City point that Matt made, I think people might be surprised when they go to bet MGM and see the Thunder win total this year is forty three and a half. So the Thunder, after yeah. years of being terrible, are now projected to finish above five hundred this year. Obviously, part of that due to the fact that Chet Holmgren, you would think, assuming he stays healthy, hopefully that's the case, will be able to make his NBA debut last year's uh, second overall pick in the draft. Matt, coming out of summer league, obviously a lot of the focus is on rookies, right? Because um, that's obviously like a lot of the young players playing in summer league. I want to get your thought on rookie of the year. Wembenyama minus 200, obviously the favorite and with all the hype. You mentioned Scoot Henderson. He's a tank with the Portland Trailblazers. Scoot plus 350. Holmgren's at 5-1. Brandon Miller's plus 950. Um, I forget which Thompson you mentioned. I think it was Amen Thompson because, you know, they are confusing. Amen and Osar Thompson are both there along with Cam Whitmore, the Summer League MVP. Any thoughts on NBA Rookie of the Year here, Matt, at this point with Summer League now over? Yeah, I think the Rockets Thompson, we'll call him that for, for right now. The Rockets Thompson, and to me, is still the best value at 40-1. to 1. I do. The other guy that I would kind of take a flyer on because I, I have kind of shifted to where I want to see what preseason looks like before I start betting heavily. I probably won't bet into this market much on the, the guys that are not longer uh, guys, especially look, I, I, is there an outcome where women Yama is as good as advertised? Probably not quite honestly. Is he close to as good as advertised? Yeah. Like there are tail outcomes where I think that that looks like a thing that could happen. 
am I more concerned after summer league? Like I am, I, I think it's going to be hard for him to individually create the way that a lot of these other guys are. One guy that I would kind of look at as a long, uh, a long shot option is actually Anthony black for the magic. He's going to probably play more than people expect. That team has been looking for opportunities to move Jalen Suggs. And if they're able to find a taker and they do decide to upgrade Suggs is probably the guy uh, that gets moved, and I think Black serves to, to probably step into that role a little bit more. He was sensational in Summer League, thought he looked really good, so he's another guy that I would definitely look at. Uh, Thompson is the other one. This may be one, I will say this, like, you, the member on Scoot Henderson has moved a lot. It could move a lot more by the time that we hit October 24th. Like, by the time the opening night starts – he could be under 200. I wouldn't be surprised at that happening, especially if Wembenyama looks like he's going to struggle with the physicality in preseason, or if there's obviously an injury concern there as well. Um, I don't think the market is accurate on Wembenyama. I'm not like a hater. I don't think that it's like he's going to be a bust. It's just that I think that the way that he plays is going to need certain things around him and some more time. And I don't know that he's going to put up the production night by night immediately in the NBA to be the best rookie and to win rookie of the year. Interesting stuff there. Anthony Black, 30 to 1, by the way. We saw him a little bit for the Magic, I think, sat maybe the last game or something, along with Jet Howard, their other first-round pick. But, yeah, it would be interesting to see Wemba Yama in the preseason, too, and, you know, kind of what, what happens there with the Rookie of the Year market. Uh, a couple other markets, Matt, I, I think we can kind of talk about here. So we did a little bit of Rookie of the Year. You mentioned some stuff with preseason, mentioned stuff with win totals. This is supposed to be kind of the slow time of the offseason, except, like, we have these superstar trades sort of lingering. And then we have this Joel Embiid story that came out. And I kind of want to ask hmm. you about this quote. And you've, and I only, especially you being on the show, because we asked you two months ago, like, who's a guy that you're kind of hearing, but nobody's really talking about and could end up getting traded in that superstar category. Who's going to be the next unhappy guy. And you said Joel Embiid. And he had this quote uh, the other day, basically like, I just want to win a championship, whether it's in Philly or anywhere else. And that obviously when it's a slow time of the NBA calendar, somebody says something like that, it's going to be like, well, what does he mean? What does he mean when he says anywhere else? Is he really unhappy? How does he feel about the coach? James Harden might get traded, whatever. Is there anything here? I know you had gotten some kind of smoke on this earlier in the summer. What about Joel Embiid maybe playing somewhere else? Yeah, so like what I would say is the Sixers are doing a really good, a really aggressive job of trying to downplay that, being like, oh, you know, Joel, he's a funny guy. He just says things. No, it's fine. Um, I, everyone is continuing to, to watch this and to wonder what's going to happen if they don't absolutely land the hardened trade. If they do not get back the requisite level of superstar next to him that's going to make him happy and make sure that they are still in contention, is he going to feel like it's enough? Some of the comments in that appearance at that film festival that you're referencing, he talked about how it's not two or three guys. Like we have to have a, basically a good enough team. Now, personally, I would be like, Hey, maybe you show up for a game seven, like at all, like maybe you just be the guy that's actually like the best player on the floor for once, as opposed to needing James Harden to win game one without you and game four, when you were just going to there, but, uh, Embiid, I think if they don't land this Harden trade, if this does not work out well, I think that there's going to be a lot more conversation about what happens next. I don't know that Embiid's going to be patient. I don't know that Embiid's going to, I don't know that Embiid honestly with where his body is at can afford to just punt on a year. Can he redshirt a year? Is that something that he can really do? I don't think so. And so from that perspective, um, people around the league are still very interested. And in, honestly, this is going to make things harder for Daryl Morey and he's up for the challenge. He's a very good GM. But one of the reasons that this stuff gets tricky is trying to convince guys into situations where it seems unstable to want to be there gets tough. And that complicates trade offers 
like Joel's comments only made trading James Harden more difficult for what they need to get back. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken on a terrific Tuesday talking the NBA with the great Matt Moore from the Locked On NBA podcast and the Action Network. Matt on Twitter at HP Basketball. Matt, wait, ask about Embiid. Got to ask you about Lillard. Uh, he likes Scoot Henderson for Portland. Will he be playing next to Damian Lillard? What, what are you hearing about Dame and his prospects for next season? So there's a market out there for where Dame's first game of the regular season is going to be. And I believe that Portland is actually plus 425 in that market. Um, and that's a bet that I think is worth is worth putting a little bit on. Um, nothing he- heavy, but I think it's actually pretty good. I think there's, there's pretty good value on that at this point. Uh, the Blazers, the week before Summer League, were making it clear to every single person in local media, if this has to go into the season, we're prepared for it to go into the season. That's what we will do. They got to Summer League, and they went even harder. And so you have these two competing entities where – Miami's complaining about all of the media people in Boston or wherever else, or um, Adrian Wojnarowski, who obviously has a close relationship with the, with the Blazers front office. They're complaining about that. Meanwhile, Miami's got its own arms of media that are constantly promoting. Why doesn't Cronin just do it? Why are they making this so hard with Dame? This is a really good offer. They should consider it more. And it's honestly like, it's very exhausting at this point And everyone's just kind of done. Uh, I, my opinion is that Joe Cronin realizes GM of the Blazers realizes that if he does not land this deal to at least a manageable degree, which requires a lot more than Miami currently has to offer. If they do not land this deal, then he's getting fired. And so if this is the last and getting another job is going to be really hard because you're the guy that did the Dame deal from that perspective, waiting is probably the best tactic is increase the pressure and make things because Miami has lost a lot with the assumption that they're getting Damian Lillard. Gabe Vincent's gone. Max Struess is gone. They are leveraged now. So there's an opportunity here, I think, for the Blazers to act back and be like, do you really want to go into training camp without Dame when you've basically banked on him? We're willing to do the deal, but you're going to have to get more than what you've got. And working that angle, I think, could take into the regular season. Man, we got like uh, maybe a minute, 90 seconds left. You alluded to the James Harden trade already, like if the Sixers can or can't pull this off, what happens with Joel Embiid? Obviously, all the reporting probably from Harden's camp is, no, 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 he wants to play for the Clippers. That's where James Harden wants to play next year. So you'd have Kawhi, Paul George, maybe Harden, maybe Westbrook all together in the same core, which would just be kind of ridiculous and funny for a bunch of reasons, and we'd want to watch it, but is it really going to happen? So in about a minute here, like, how do you think this Harden situation gets resolved? Does it end up with him on the Clippers? I don't necessarily know that it ends up with him on the Clippers. Um, the What I've heard is that Terrence Mann isn't available in those talks, and that's like the trade chip that you can move out and be able to get return for, whether it's to a third team or back to the Sixers. And the Sixers aren't even going to take Terrence Mann without wanting to take absolutely everything else. And the Clippers still don't have that much because they are still paying off what, they, what it took to get Paul George. So there's just not a lot of assets left for the Clippers to be able to send out. They don't have like a young star that they can send like they did with Eric Gordon or Shea Gillis Alexander. Those guys aren't around. And so uh, with where Maury is at pinned against, hey, if we trade Harden and don't get good return back, it could be Embiid's gone and then that's basically the ball game. Uh, There's going to be, I think, a real holdout and there may just be a, a point where it's like, no, like the Clippers are simply not the team and they'll wait to find someone else that Harden wants to go to. I also think Harden is probably a little bit more fluid in where he's willing to go at this point, given that his conflict is very directly about money. And if there's a team that's willing to go in for the contract that he's going to want next year that he feels like he can get, that will open up, I think, the chances. So I think there's a lot more opportunities out there for Harden and locations of where he'll eventually play. Uh, rather than Damian Lillard. I don't think that, that it's Clippers or bust for Harden.
Matt, in five seconds here, Warriors get Chris Paul, re-sign Draymond Green, Jordan Poole out now in our nation's capital. Warriors 50 wins, yes or no, this season in five seconds. I got to go with the under, just barely, but the under. Bad brew, I'm telling you, Matt's the best. No. At HP Basketball, on locked this. on NBA, I love it, and the Action Network. Matt, appreciate you, brother, stay well, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. The great Matt Moore with us here on You Better, You Better. Bucket the realist, the realist yeah. of all the real ones. Coming up next, another real one joins the show, giving us bets for the Open Championship, Pro Golf better James Mazzola, next.